LTDA, the official podcast. Hello and welcome to the LTDA official podcast. I'm Steve McNamara, I'm the General Secretary of the LTDA and over the course of these episodes we'll be looking at a variety of aspects involving the cab trade. Do make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you can get each episode automatically and it goes without saying, please tell everyone you know. Now, Despite some tricky times, and and we've certainly had them, we are still the finest cab service on the planet. We win the awards every time. We are officially the world's best cab service. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to evolve, make changes and adapt. And that's exactly what we've been doing. And that's what we're going to look at over the course of some upcoming episodes. So it seems appropriate that coming on for 450-odd years since we were first licensed, uh, 1654, when the government, Oliver Cromwell at the time, created the Hackney Carriage Laws, many of which we still follow. And let's not forget there's cab drivers out there who remember Cromwell. The picture couldn't be much different. We've now got electric cabs rapidly replacing diesel. Who'd have thought that? And there's no running away from the way it's all changing. Technology, clean, modern vehicles is the way the future lies. So here to talk to me today with this, I've got Brendan O'Toole. He's the director owner of Dynamo, who are currently doing the Nissan taxi. More about that in a moment. I've got Perry Richardson, EV uh, Zec TXE taxi driver owner and the owner of uh, Taxi Point News website. And I've got Frank O'Brien, a cab driver of some standing who's got uh, a TXE. Where should we start? Brendan, you're the newest entrance to our trade. You've, you've chosen to enter an industry with a lot of history. Um, certainly with vehicles, the potential of high warranty claims and high problems. Why have you done that? My history was uh, in supercars and uh, I learned a coach building trade through 25 years of uh, of providing cars for the, the privilege, you could say. And somewhere along the line, I realised that Although it's a it's a fantastic business to, to look at from the outside, it's not actually a fantastic business to be in because it's the same as it's the same as all other automotive uh, trades. It's very difficult. The automotive trade doesn't give us so many uh, so many sweets, you could say. We've got to work hard for our money. So somewhere along the line, I started to look for other opportunities where I could use the skills of the team and myself and do something different, do something better. So I, uh, I think this would be in 2013, I looked across the, the world of where the automotive trade, uh, the automotive sector was heading, and I decided that the electric era was going to come sooner than people thought. So I spent a little bit of time reviewing Nissan's NV200 petrol taxi and eventually worked with Nissan on this vehicle, which I think had a lot of uh, promise, but legislation said that it was likely not to have such a long uh, period on the roads. That's because obviously we've now got the requirement to have an electric Zero emission capable, um, which meant at some stage that would be shut down. Um, But I was happy then to be at at the front runner to work with Nissan, to speak to Nissan, to take on the electric challenge and develop the the, the ENV 200 at that stage, which was a 24-kilowatt vehicle, into uh, the type of vehicle I think uh, the taxi trade would like and also uh, offer an alternative 
uh, not just in how it's powered, but also in in its price point. I thought I thought the trade, like any trade, would like to have that alternative. So I believe that there would be a market. So endeavoured over a four five year period to focus on the electric version. And now you've got here. And we launched on the 23rd of, uh, of October here in London. And so we've got one cab on the road. More to come this year? Yeah, there's, there's, there's not an issue with uh, more vehicles uh, hitting the road. We are, it's new, you know, we've got a new, we've got a plug-in taxi grant. We've got the DVLA. We've got Nissan's various things that they need to do. So we've had a, a, a few weeks delay uh, in bringing more vehicles onto the road, which are sitting with our stockists at the moment. But uh, that registration process is is done. And uh, you'll start to see more dynamos very soon. Brilliant. Perry, you've got a TXE, the current LEVC version, the the old LTI. Tell us a bit about that. And I understand you've also driven the Nissan. Comparisons, thoughts, future of the cab trade? Well, first off, the comparison between two of them. I mean, I, I don't like comparing the two because they're two very complete, like two very different vehicles. If you compare it to what you're actually driving at the moment, be the diesel vehicle, then there's just it's completely in a different league. Um, you get with the electric. If you've not experienced electric before, which many drivers haven't, you get the the torque, you get the smoothness of the ride, which both both vehicles give. It's it's more. It comes down to the, the finances, I guess, with, between the two vehicles and how much you drive it. In terms, of if you're a full time driver or a part time driver, um, I went with the LEVC. I didn't think I was going to. I must admit, when when LEVC gave it to me to write a review on, gave it to me for a week. I've rented taxis for ten years previous to that. Had no interest in buying a taxi. Had it for a week and just couldn't go back to it. Um, it is that different um, to, to, to the diesel taxis, and not just my perception to it, but those in the back as well. The comments coming back from passengers just meant that it made sense economically and sort of future-proofing my job going forwards as well. Frank? You're also a TXE convert or driver. I've had one for about six months now. Uh, Initially, I thought I was going to keep my diesel, a 58 plate, till it was pushed off the road. Um, But then, backing up what Perry said, once I drove the uh, TXE, you know, I was quite comfortable to think, you know, I could take this forward uh, in my business. Um, but yeah, when, when you know the customers are the main key to this. I mean, driver experience. You know, we've got to sort of talk to fellow drivers and let them know what what it's about if they're interested to listen. Um, but from a customer's point of view, um, you know, it doesn't rattle. You know, it's spacious, it's quiet. Um, you know, which is all going to come with all electric vehicles. Um, but even the customer the other day, he's doing his business phone calls. Then decided to sort of embark on a conversation and telling me how much he loves the cabs just for that alone, just for the customer experience. Um, and that is basically what we are. We're a customer service industry. So if we're pleasing them, then, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Do you think, and I'll, I'll, obviously this is more to Perry and Frank, but do you think that, well, no, actually, uh, you, you can have a, an input here, Brendan, as well, because obviously you, you, you're a customer. You're probably the key person. Do you think that the cab trade now, we're much more customer aware, we're much more customer focused, and, and these EV vehicles, the Nissan, the ZEC, the, the LEVC, that's going to that's gonna take us forward. Uh, what do you think, Perry? Definitely. I mean, if you rewind two years ago, was was the TX4 really comparable to a top-class Mercedes? Probably not, but now we can. We can offer something that is comfortable, has all the mod cons, Wi-Fi, charge points, um, open space around you. It's, it's, it's modern. So it's something you can sell 
to, to customers and sell the industry as a whole. So definitely. Brendan, from your point of view, from a customer and, and narrower uh, yeah. seller. If you look at the, 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 the customer, the customer, like all of us, we want to do our thing. So electric, we want to do our thing. We, we, we're conscious that the, the climate and the environment is not, is not something to, to, to tackle tomorrow. We should be tackling it today. But if we consider the trade itself, the trade have no reasons not to help, not to do their bit, but they want a vehicle which doesn't cost them more whilst they're doing their bit. So the fact that they are driving on electric, whether it's the electric, whether it's the TXE or it's the Dynamo, they are benefiting from the the, the, the reduced fuel. But having said that, then they are plying their trade in a vehicle that's not tiring them out so much. That's more. That's modern. That's better to look at. And then you've got the customers who also want to do their bit. They're choosing to do their bit. Recycling, that's doing their bit. So the customer's doing their bit. So I wouldn't be the first person to see a customer on a rank walk down three vehicles to get into an electric vehicle. I wouldn't be the first. So this is this is only just started, but the customers are choosing. I was at a, a, a firm of lawyers today. And I, on the way out, I saw the. That wasn't cheap, was it? I saw, I saw, I saw the, I saw, I saw the owner, and when I walked out, I said to the owner, um, "Do you think you're going to have an electric policy for you, you and your clients?" And he says, uh, "What's that?" And I said, I explained it to him straight to the secretary. If our guests, uh, if our visitors are leaving these, these, this practice in the future, would you try and find them an electric taxi, please? So it's slow now, but it won't be slow soon. And uh, the electric choice, I think, will have more benefits than we might have first thought. Have you noticed that, Frank? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was saying to Perry before that even now you're still getting first-time uh, customers that are in electric taxi for the first time. And, you know, so you, every day you're having the same conversation and, you know, you enjoy having it with them. Um, but, yeah, um, I see it on ranks. You see people waiting back. And then you come and then they get in and, you know, and then you say, look, you can actually pick any cab you want. You don't have to wait. But, yeah, you see it all the time. And um, and people are very conscious. I mean, look, we see it everywhere. You, you hit on recycling everywhere we go, you know, even in London, obviously, the ULED signs everywhere. So it's on people's minds. So um, I think people are really, you know, taking it on board. I don't actually think people are choosing to get in electric cabs because they're particularly green. I mean, I know more and more people are. I think they're choosing to get in them because the ride's better. They're smoother and they're quieter, as you said. And the fact that they're green is just a bonus. So I, I think people do what what suits them, and and people like them. And I think you're equally going to be finding out in the Nissan because I mean I've I've driven your Nissan and I've ridden in it, and it's quiet and it's smooth, and and you've got the panoramic roof. Incidentally, you forgot to sell. You'll have to do a sales pitch in a minute. And it's got the it's got the panoramic roof, and and it's customers that like it, and it's customers that pay our wages. And it's customers that um, you know we need to be stepping up the plate to, and I think this electric vehicles, this this swerve is helping. I think both vehicles. If you if your drivers drive them ten hours a day, anyone who's driven a, a TX4, for example, for ten hours a day, they know they put a shift in. If ten hours a day feels like six hours a day, life's a little bit better. You're a little bit, you're in a better humour for your customers. You're in a better, you're you're more likely to put in an extra hour if you choose to. So. We've got a vehicle out on the road and uh, the comments have been uh, exceptional to the driver. He's becoming a bit of a, a superstar himself. But again, 
when people are hailing a taxi in particular, they hail a taxi, and then it's a voyage of discovery for wherever they're going. They they enjoy the they enjoy this new conversation that beforehand hadn't happened for a long time since wheels replaced tooths. Well, you could actually the, the big thing is the customers. You can actually hear what the drivers saying now, which you couldn't do before. <laughs> that was a a big issue. I mean, you talk about um, you know ten hours feeling like six. You know, well, I started driving a cab. Two hours felt like two weeks. You do actually. It's not even about wanting to put more hours in. You know, as a working cab driver, you know, you get you step out of that vehicle, totally different person. You know, I do. I literally get out any evening. And I look, look and just walk back in, you know. And my old cab, you know, <laughs> used to get out and have a bit of a stretch and, you know, pull your joints out a little bit. But that was part of driving a cab. But now it's just, you pop out in the seat, you just walk off. Yeah, okay, so let's look at the downsides. And there are downsides. Um, there's downsides in everything. Cost is number one. They're more expensive to buy. We've got to find somewhere to charge it. It's the charging infrastructure. Say what you want about an old diesel, but you could, you could, you know, you could drive it to Prague if you wanted. I mean, I wouldn't want it to, but you could. And so cost, charging infrastructure and running it as a business. Perry? Yeah, I've got no faults with the vehicles at all. The charging network, the more vehicles coming onto the net, onto the roads, it's not really keeping up with sort of the, the numbers, if, so to speak. Um, so there's, there's several issues. There's They could improve. That's the location of them, the rapid chargers, um, the maintenance of them. I don't know if you found it, um, Frank. Um, in terms of the ones that are there, they're not just they're just not maintaining them at the moment. Um, enforcement. So taxi only taxi bays. You're finding all sorts of delivery vans or private hire vehicles, but that's because they've not got enough as well. So there's an element of no, no, that, look, frustration. <laughs> they shouldn't be there. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not. You don't make excuses for people parking on cab ranks. Let's not make excuses for them. I feel sorry for them. They haven't got anywhere to charge. Oh yeah. dear, what a shame. We, we have. They should be on it. <laughs> yeah. But equally, drivers shouldn't feel put out in terms of relying on them um, because if you've got infrastructure close nearby, again, that's important at this early stage. Um, so I've got one attached to my house. Um, so that even if I charge just once, that's absolutely fine. You, you're making a big saving if you're doing the mileage. Um, so economically, I'm saving more. It's, it's, more. it's better for me at the moment than it was me renting my old, old taxi. So what you're saying is that even though you've, 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 you've got the additional cost of the, mm. the finance or the lease or whatever mm. you've done, yeah. it's actually cheaper for you. Yes. You're actually better off. Yeah, Frank? yeah uh, I, I agree. I mean, I'm going for the process of and a charger to my property even though I've not got off-street parking which comes with a whole load of issues about you know trip hazards and stuff like that um, but yeah to, for me I'm at the other end where I, I need to use the infrastructure um, and Perry's quite right it's it's it isn't sufficient in what we need um, you know I work at the airport there is seven chargers at the airport which uh, and on a regular basis not all are working uh, we're now getting to the point where there's so many electric vehicles coming up they've got a system where they can charge while queuing but now they're doubling up the queuing for the charger and still trying to queue in the system it's causing a whole load of problems and even on that added to that the airport is the most expensive place to charge a taxi it's now going it's next year it's going up to 40p a kilowatt now for for the levc we've got a petrol backup uh, a generator uh, it's going to be cheaper to run that vehicle on the petrol generator than it is to plug it in at 40p a kilowatt now, how many people have got off-street parking where they can charge their vehicle, you know, in, in a good radius of where they're working? Other, or they're coming in from afar, they're using a petrol generator to come in. That's fine. That's all well and good. So, you know, the infrastructure for parking on the curb 
is uh, is a serious issue. I think that's the only thing that's going to affect all of us as a trade is is trying to surcharge it in that respect. Brendan, you, you, this is your selling point here because the range of your Nissan, your your Dynamo, your working range is it's uh, 174 miles. So in real world driver, so we've had a pilot vehicle out there. He's plying his trade. The, the the taxi driver who bought that vehicle, he didn't have a, a charging uh, a charge at home. He he couldn't do that. He's got one now. He had to he, he waited for it, and he put three thousand seven hundred miles on his vehicle, and his electric bill was ninety six pounds. That's oh. real world on his app. So he he found a way to charge, and to ply his trade. But I think as well. There's more than just rapid chargers out there. There's a lot of op- uh, charging options, and quite a few of them through Source London, for example. You've got chargers where you can charge overnight. You pay for two hours, and you can stop there for the whole night. So there's 900 or so of those as well. But maybe more. It should be more evident where where all, where this charging infrastructure is. The rapid chargers they're easy to find. They they are where they are. The problems that we have, and one of the things the LTDA have been doing is um, obviously trying to get more of these charge points, not not just the rapid, but um, just more charge points exclusive to the taxi trade. The issues that we've found is many of the boroughs don't want them on the street. They don't like the street furniture. And even the boroughs that want them often cite uh, electricity supply problems. They can't get the cable there. They can't do it. Um, And then, again, we constantly get members reporting that they're, they're breaking down. What we're hoping is going to happen as as this now becomes the norm and it is becoming the norm i mean two years ago people used to look at you know like, what are you doing now everybody knows um the, the numbers will improve uh, tfl tell us by the end of next year we'll have 300 taxi dedicated chargers um, not all of them will be in central london but at least another 50 will and the big thing that we're really hoping for is that they're going to launch these charging hubs the, the first one's going to be in baynard house in queen victoria street it's going to have eight rapid charge points, taxi only. And because there's eight, obviously maintenance issues are less because they're together. The guys, the maintenance guys got to go one spot. And I think that's what we need and, and that's where we're going to go. Let, let's talk a little bit now about the perceived reliability of, of, of electric vehicles because uh, one of the things that I'm constantly getting reported is the maintenance issues are far less than they were on a, on a, on a conventional combustion or diesel engine because regeneration using less braking less to go wrong perry maintenance wise how have you been brilliant i mean it's just gone up for it's just done over a year so it's just been replated um had its service and everything and absolutely no problems whatsoever uh change of tires literally it's all it that's all it's cost me a couple of front tires and because you've had one longer than me what are you doing with your brake pads because i've I know someone's done 50,000 miles and he's used 60% of his first set oh, of brake not, pads. not even used that. So 30, I've done 35,000 and it's, no, yeah, it's even less than Sorry, that. So let me get that right. You've done 35,000 miles yeah. and you've still got your same front brake pads. Yeah, there's no end. Yeah, it can there's, do another year. And, and for, those, <laughs> for those of you listening that, that have, have never driven a, a TX4, um, what would you have got out of a set of front brake pads? 14,000 if you were lucky? Yeah, if you were lucky, yeah. If you were lucky, you're having a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brendan, where are you going to be with a Dynamo? Maintenance-wise, no. It's uh, I, I, well, I think I selected well with um, Nissan to work with because they're re- reliable, they're economic. The vehicles themselves um, have got fantastic stats. The ENV two hundred that we convert, the, the the quality stats on the vehicle are just off the scale. So, if you review what it costs to uh, service 
a vehicle like uh, like a Nissan uh, Dynamo. Not even £100 for a service. And when you go into these services, uh, your brakes exactly, um, fluids, uh, uh, none of these things even, they, they don't, they're not even talked about. It's just in, spit and polish and back out. And I, I, don't, I don't see any reason, and I don't, it's a little bit different with the LEVC because it's, it's got a, a, a petrol there. But I think how many billions and bill, there's billions of miles with Nissan technology on the road now because the Leaf's been out a long time. And uh, the, the stats again on its reliability, it's, it's exceptional. And that's just now come into the taxi trade. So the range is great. So if, if the range was, ex, was longer, for example, on a, on a Dynamo, that'd be even better. But... The range for Dynamo, let's say real world, 150 odd miles, which is what we're, we're currently getting uh, every day. It, we, when that chap takes his vehicle to be serviced, he's going to be under £100. So it's a bit of a win-win, really. No one got anything negative to say. There must be something negative. This is the cab trade, for God's sake. We've got to, we've got to find a problem with it. What, what, what's the problem? I it think, uh, well, I mean, me, I've not had no issues. Um, and many drivers, are, you know, I've, I know have got no issues. But, you know, look, there has been the odd teething problems, obviously, with software issues. I mean, I, well, I've got a message that comes up. But that is, uh, just tells me I've got HV failure. But that is just a message that uh, um, LEVC know about. But other than that, HV, what's that? It sounds like uh, some sort of virus. Uh, yeah, no, high voltage failure, um, which is great because it gives you the console. You so anything that pops up, you just stick it, type it in, and you can relate to what it is. Which is so you can relate to HV now. I can now know what HV stands. <laughs> <laughs> now not HV. Yeah. Okay. Right. You you sure that that message was from from the cab? You sure about no, that? Might have been from my doctors. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah, sure. I think you're getting confused there, Frank. <laughs> right. I uh. I remember, uh, Steve, We t- t- two years ago, we would go to a, a meeting and, and it'd be one of the Smith and Sawdust meetings, the tax trade, and we'd peddle our wares as, as we did. And uh, we would be heckled and we'd no, be shouted at. So, Brendan, that <laughs> does not happen what, in what, the cab What, what are you now. doing? Um, and it, it was a little bit like that. And if we go to a meeting now, it's can we have a test drive? Can we? It's, it's nearly all positive from the trade. It's nearly always positive. Well, let me tell you what's happened there. Yeah, that, the, you, you, the reason for that is is because you've kept at it and, and they can't find a fault with your product. But equally, there's been a, a, a sea change in perception in the cab trade. The doom and gloomers uh, are now having less input, less sway. And, uh, and that's being reflected as, as, as part of the progress that we're talking about. As the cab trade moves forward, more guys who are being positive... Um, uh, uh, it, it, we've just got more positivity about us and, and it's being reflected all over and uh, uh, yeah I mean I don't even know if we've got any spit and sawdust places left have we I mean I, I don't name it I don't know I don't want to know where you went but there can't be many of them left either so you're here to stay it's looking good for you and yeah we've got we've got uh, we've got quite a lot of orders uh, built up and we're going to be working through them this year and next year right so tell us how many MB200 Dynamo EV taxis are we going to see on the road in a year's time, a year from now? The minimum number will be 500. Wow. Um, so we've got currently we've got just under 3,000 TXEs. You're going to put 500 Nissans on the road, plus whatever LEVC put on the road next year. I think it's a realistic proposition that in the next year, a third of the fleet's going to be electric or ZEC. Yeah, we've got we've got some plans. It gives one of our one of our issues is 
it's, it's just capacity and, and ramping up because the demand is certainly there. Um, we've worked very closely with uh, with the supply chain and Coventry's quite good at this sort of thing because uh, we're it's Coventry's, Coventry a, Coventry's a, a taxi town, a taxi city. So our, our target next year is actually uh, over a thousand. And of course, what we've got to say, even though there's nobody here, the electric veto, the veto EV is currently, I think it's just on sale in Europe, or they're just about to put it on sale in Europe. And of course, um, Penzo, who convert the Mercedes, are saying to us that they'll be converting the Nissan EV. So bad news for you, Brendan, a bit more competition. But it's, it's, that's, not, that's not as correct as it seems, because the more electric it feels and looks normal, the more people leave their diesel taxis and move into electric so if another vehicle was available next year i think levc dynamo and the new vehicle would find it sell more well that's the, you don't need that do you a supplier wanting more competition we certainly don't want more competition in the cab trade we're more than happy. more choice for the drivers no no we don't need any more choice for the customers <laughs> they they can choose a, t- no, a taxi. more choice for the drivers to, to, to select their vehicles right yeah definitely we're up for choice for for drivers but we we want to restrict passenger choice uh, you know let's scrap every minicab in london drivers. only uh only taxis um look seriously thanks for coming gents uh Perry, thank you very much. Brendan, again, thanks for coming and telling us about the MV. Frank, thanks for popping along. If you're listening to this, please do make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you can receive the next episode automatically. If you want more details on the LTDA or you want to get in touch, you can visit our website, www.ltda.co.uk or you can email us at info at ltda.co.uk. Thank you very much and we'll see you next time. 